everyone. I'm Emily Lavender, and this is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. Scott and Dawn Smith are here with me again today, and we're going to continue this conversation on covenant marriage. In our previous episode, episode 24, um, they unpacked the three types of relationships, relationships of convenience, contractual relationships, and covenant relationships. And so we're going we're gonna to talk more about that and more specifically about rights you give up in marriage. So Scott and Dawn, why don't you guys unpack that for us today? All right, we will. Um, this has been uh, uh, the source of a lot of conversation for mm-hmm. Scott and me over the over the years of how this really works out in our in our own marriage and relationship and you know it, as we're talking about these things I mean we have had to learn some of these things the hard way right <laughs> I mean we it's like we learned everything the hard that's way that's right so this is why we do what we do <laughs> so right. that you won't do what we <laughs> to did to spare you from having to learn the hard way <laughs> just right. do do the exact opposite of what we that's did that's right yeah. that's right we just we want everybody to be happy and so <laughs> uh, we want to help you get the get there the quicker quicker way than yeah. than we actually did yeah. uh, but we were talking about the nature of the of relationships of convenience mm-hmm. of of contract and of covenant and I think that if you've been married for any length of time, you know, I mean, marriage is a challenge. There mm-hmm. are challenges that comes along with it. And yeah. uh, it's hard to really get that across to a young couple who's about to get married. We we do a lot of premarital counseling, and it's hard to convey to them how challenging marriage is going to be at times because they're all in love. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they walk into the office, and they're floating on hearts and flowers, and <laughs> You know, it's just they're hard to. They're, it's they hard to see that, and th- that is as it should be, right. right? I mean, yeah. that's exactly what we like to see too. Mm-hmm. Is that they do have uh, some level of idealistic distortion. They, mm-hmm. they, they just can't see what they can't see yet, mm-hmm. because otherwise. I think, and certainly in mine and Scott's Could case, you, yeah. If we had seen what was ahead of us, run. Yeah, that's right. We would have, we would have, we would have taken our perm mullets and run the other way. Oh so you know, for but I do feel like that's that is God's way of bringing us together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you know, we look for that in couples, but also, um, what we want to do is to evaluate what their relational work ethic is going to be. How how able are they to do hard mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. because they we will be called upon to do difficult things in marriage hard things mm-hmm. and these are this is what we're going to talk about now are the the rights that you give up today and these yeah. are hard things because we live in America we have rights and yeah. so you know we we want to be able to stand on those rights but in the context of covenant marriage there are some that are necessary for us to give up, mm-hmm. both of us agreeing mm-hmm. mutually to give up these rights. Yeah. Yeah. So when we think about covenant, uh, in this episode, we're going to focus on the rights that we give up and three specific rights that we're going to give up. Here's the first one is the right to priority. Uh, let me let me couch it through this passage. If if you have your Bibles or if you just want to mark this somewhere and go back and look at it later. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. This is really where the issue of priority came to light to me, probably somewhere around 1990, 91, something like that. Um, 
I was reading in my daily devotion just through the book of Proverbs, I mean Philippians, and came to this passage. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Now, at that time, if you had asked me, guys, Scott, do you prioritize Dawn? I would say, of course I prioritize Dawn. But when I got to thinking about it, it's like when I read this passage, and this passage is Dawn and I teach passages like this that are some of the one another passages of Scripture. This passage contextually that Paul's writing here in Philippians chapter 2 has nothing to do with marriage. It's talking about our interactions as, as in the communal, uh, the communal aspect of living the Christ life with others, but it obviously has implications in marriage. But as I was reading this in the early 90s, guys, it's like the Spirit of God came upon me. I didn't hear a voice saying, Scott, it wasn't anything like that. It was though God was saying to me, Scott, and this is me paraphrasing, I didn't hear it this way, but it was almost as if God was saying, Scott, you're acting like a jerk. You think you're all that. You think Dawn is the issue. And if she could just get her stuff together, you and her would have a great marriage. Well, God used Philippians 2, 3, and 4 to kind of open my eyes because what I began to see about myself, and let me just say this parenthetically, one of the best things you can ever do for your marriage is quit trying to dissect your partner Mm -hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit, if you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit within you, allow the Holy Spirit to dissect you to simply allow yourself to be asked the question by the Spirit, why do I do what I do? Because in that moment when I was confronted with Philippians 2, 3, and 4 through the lens of priority, I realized, man, I'm not doing it. Because I started seeing through the lens of Scripture and God revealing himself to me that I was functioning largely as a selfish person. Now, you may say, well, Scott, how do I know if I'm functioning as a selfish person? I would simply say this. If you function, whether you say it or not, but if you function largely from a mindset of I want what I want, when I want it, no questions asked, I can pretty much tell you or your partner would tell you you're a selfish person. Because selfish people, listen, selfish people can't live in covenant because covenant is all about, as we said in episode 24, about a death of self. So if you're not dying to self, you can pretty much guarantee you're not living in covenant. You're probably living in a relationship of convenience or a contractual relationship. But in covenant, we we die to self. We regard our partner's needs as more important than our own. Now, I, I can imagine one of your initial pushbacks is, well, Scott, that sounds well and good, but what if I regard my partner's needs as more important than my own and they don't reciprocate? I would say, well, what about that? What would you say to that, honey? Well, I mean, the scripture says, do not merely look out for That's your right. own interest. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't say completely neglect your own interests, self, needs, um, but how we address them when our partner is not 
stepping into that is the question. Yeah. Do we seek to have those needs met in illegitimate ways yeah. is the important question to ask. Now, That's when right. God plops us down and has set us in the middle of godly community, then we can draw not only from him mm-hmm. to meet needs that aren't necessarily being met in our relationship, mm-hmm. but also we draw strength and encouragement from the body of Christ, being engaged with others, walking alongside others, serving others mm-hmm. is that is what helps to sort of uh, to not, maybe not necessarily meet those needs, but helps us when those when we don't feel exactly filled by yeah. what our partner yeah. by our partner. Yeah, and as you're talking, Don, I, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, it's totally inappropriate for any of us in marriage to think that our spouse is going to meet all of our emotional mm-hmm. love needs. That's right. That's unfair of them. Mm-hmm. It's doing a disservice to them to put our our partner in a position to say, feel me, feel me, love me, love me, affirm me, affirm me, approve of me, whatever it is that we need. Right. If I am doing that to you, that's that's doing a disservice to you. And on some levels, it's creating an idol of you because mm-hmm. it's saying you were created by God to meet all of my needs. And that's that's called, that's called idolatry. And codependence. Yeah. And codependence. <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. That's uh, a whole episode other episode. That's right. Yeah. So we're talking about here in covenant marriage about giving up first and foremost the right to priority. We're talking about dying to ourselves. And let me just say this to you. In marriage, second only to your relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ, the only person that is there's Christ in your relationship then the next person in your life is your spouse. And this gets butted up against a lot. Um, In terms of prioritization, I'm going to speak to men here for a moment. Men, I just want to say to you, um, no one or nothing is to take a place of priority over your spouse. As I said, your relationship with Christ comes first, But then second to that comes your relationship with your spouse. It's not your job. It's not your family, your mom, your dad, your siblings. It's not your buddies. It's not your hobbies, your recreational pursuits, anything like that. Nothing is to take place of priority over your spouse, only other than your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I find... I'm going to just say this. I know for me in the early 90s when Dawn and I hit our rough patch, other things took place of priority. I was, as Dawn said, at that that time I was leading worship in our church in Statesboro. I had my perm mullet business in the front, party in the back, leading with my mullet. I found, let me just say this, you you can find I had unhealthy relationship with the body of Christ. I found I could get in worship leading in a church standing on a platform with two to 250 people sitting there. I could get emotional love needs of affirmation, appreciation, uh, attention, approval, and even on some levels affection as people would come and hug me afterwards or whatever. I found I was getting needs met by leading in worship that I really should have been getting from my wife. Mm -hmm. 
And when I look back at it now, Emily, I think, you know, I was even using the church in an idolatrous form to meet needs of mine. I was prioritizing myself over my relationship with Christ. So we give up this right to priority. The second one that we give up is the right to ownership. And when you think about this, if you're listening and you're a child of God, I just want to say to you, you own nothing. You, you have been bought with a price. And so you yourself, you don't even own yourself. Because Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Check this out. Whom you have from God and that you are not your own. For you have been bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body. So when we think about covenant marriage, one of the rights that we give up is not just the right to priority. We give up the the right to ownership, to say that I own anything. I like to say this when I'm doing a wedding, you know, because our language often coming into marriage is me, my, and mine. That's my family. That's my money. That's my dog, that kind of thing. But that language M gets shifted. If you have the two letters, an M and an E, which we keep in our office just as a visual, you flip. When you, when you go into covenant marriage, you flip that M, and that M becomes a W. And all of our language goes from me, my, and mine to we, our kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is our family. It's no longer your family. Your family up in Chatsworth and Benji's family here, it's our family. So we give up this right of ownership of of that we own anything. It's not Dawn's money or my money. It's our money. And really, technically, biblically, it's not our money. It's God's money that he has given us to steward. So really, ownership, we in covenant marriage, we go from ownership to stewardship. I'm to steward Dawn as she stewards me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at I thought you were about to say something. So, uh, yeah. And then finally, we've given up the right to priority. We've given up the right to ownership. Here's the last one I want to challenge you to do is to give up the right to privacy. And this, is, this one is more important and dear to my heart as anything. Uh, because I see this, as Dawn has alluded to, this is where we deal with a lot of stuff in, behind closed doors, guys. This is where privacy, uh, how to say this, what was, held, what was kept in private got found out. Um, I personally believe you can disagree with me. I would say you're wrong, but I personally believe in marriage, in covenant marriage especially, there's to be no secrets. Um, if you were at a wedding that I perform, I often will pull my my cell phone out of my jacket pocket as I'm talking to the bride and the groom standing right there before me, and I will say, listen, in covenant marriage, there are no secrets. Uh, there is no privacy, and I will hold my phone up, and I will say to them, there, there's nothing on my phone that Dawn does not have access to. There's no accounts that I have 
financial accounts that Dawn doesn't have passwords access to, no social media accounts that Dawn does not have access to, passwords to. Uh, often, Emily, when we're we're driving at a car, you might text me and say, "Hey, wh- wh- I've got to, I'm working on this project for you, Scott." I don't even look at my phone if if. If we're driving down the car, driving down the road, and my phone goes off, I, I will often hand it to, to Dawn. Or if I see whatever, I will still just say, can you read that to me? Because yeah. basically, I'm, I'm trying to daily or at least weekly say to Dawn, honey, I'm hiding nothing from you. Right. There's nothing that's going to come through that phone, any device of mine, my laptop, my phone, anything that is a secret from you. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing about Dawn. Dawn doesn't like secrets anyway. I mean, I can't even do surprises with her. So No, I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, Mm-mm. Dawn and our oldest daughter, <laughs> I was thinking about this morning. Y'all were terrible about this, about surprises. Uh, Hannah said this to me one time, Emily. She said, Dad, it's not that I don't like surprises. I just want to know they're coming. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, well, if you knew it's coming, it's not a surprise. The anticipation. So, yeah, this whole thing, I can't keep anything secret from Dawn. If, I, if I'm getting her something for her birthday or her anniversary, I still have to tell her what I got her before I even give it to her. Cause right, because I enjoy it more if I know about it ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I just do. So, you know, <laughs> I need you to accommodate me in that. It's not what you want in the process. Yeah. In this, when <laughs> it's, it's a surprise want. for me, it's what yeah, I want. Right. But yeah. I will agree with Scott. This is um, this is a huge issue mm-hmm. uh, for for relationships now because uh, you know the pathway from temptation to sin is inches away right now. Sure. You know, there back in the day, you would have to if you wanted to look at porn, you'd have to you know go to a store and you know you'd have to show yourself somewhere. Yeah. But it's not like that mm. anymore. And women are as involved in that kind of thing as, mm-hmm. as men are. So, you know, for, for us, it's just a painful, um, it's a painful journey for us to sit with a couple and secrets have come out. Yeah. Um, it's devastating. It is mm-hmm. just devastating on a very deep level. It's tough to recover from. Yeah. Not unrecoverable. No. And we, we, we believe God is able to do anything. There's mm-hmm. nothing out of his reach. We've seen him do uh, miracles in relationships. Yeah. But whenever you have this sense of, oh, I need to hide that, mm-hmm. um, that ought to be a really big red flag to mm-hmm. say this is the beginning of a very dangerous place to be. Yeah, honey, it starts just as this. You go home tonight. If you and your spouse are sitting in the living room and maybe your spouse goes to the kitchen you're on your device your laptop your ipad whatever and as you hear them walk back into the living room if whatever you were looking at and you minimize it or change the screen that should be a sign to you okay that's a slippery slope i'm not saying what you were doing was was sinful but i'm just saying anytime we have this inkling that i need to keep something from my spouse they don't need to see what I'm looking at. That is a slippery slope. Yeah. Anytime, think about it with Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. They fell prey to the deception of the serpent in the first few verses of chapter 3. And I think when you get down to about verse 8, they hear the footsteps of God walking through um, the garden. And what do they do? their initial blush brush was to hide behind the brush 
because they knew. And so hiding should always be a sure sign. Okay, I'm on a slippery slope to the disaster if I feel the need to hide. So what we always say in, in our marriage ceremony is this. Covenant marriage is saying this. I give you free and unhindered access to my life. Nothing is hidden. There are no secrets. Jesus himself put it this way, guys, in Mark 4, 22. For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it should come to light. Let me just speak to both husband and wives now. And chances are somebody listening is hiding something right now. There's a secret part of your life no one knows about. Well, let me just say this to you. You think no one knows. God already knows. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you're hiding anything from him. He knows. And the kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. It's not a kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of God functions in light. And God has a way of shining the light on areas of darkness. And what we tend to find is this, guys, and I'm speaking to both males and females. God has a way of exposing the things that we seek to hide. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I want to I be clear about this too, is that whenever God brings something to light mm -hmm. like that, it is not in an effort to shame you no, exactly. or to ruin your life. Mm -hmm. It is because his desire is for his children to no longer be in bondage. That's right. And whenever we are practicing something in secret, we are in bondage. That's right. To that thing. And so his, he, and the Holy Spirit inside of us is never going to make peace with that thing that we are participating in That's right. behind closed doors mm -hmm. or in the dark. And so his desire is to bring it to the light so that we will be free of it. Mm -hmm. And bringing that to the light can be a painful experience, mm -hmm. but it is never without purpose for healing mm -hmm. and for freedom for mm -hmm. you because he loves you. Not because he wants to expose you, to embarrass you, to shame you, to ruin your life. Yeah. Yeah, because exposure is all is all about freedom. And this pain that Dawn's talking about, yes, it is going to be painful if you have to. Listen, let me just say this. If you're hiding something from your spouse that they need to know, I would encourage you prayerfully consider bringing that to the light before it gets exposed to the light. Because inevitably inevitably i would say don probably the vast majority of the couples that we see with this issue mm -hmm. they got exposed Correct. it was not that they revealed it that's right it got exposed yes. their spouse found their laptop and they had not gotten out of whatever they were looking at or a phone call came in or a text message came in right. while the husband was in the shower and the wife that's general what we see right yeah. what i'm encouraging and you might just need to go to a, a, a someone you trust of the same sex and bring this to a, the light and work a plan on revealing it. But as Dawn was saying, please hear our heart in this. It, this bringing stuff to the light is not about the kingdom of God trying to shame you or condemn you or guilt you. God does not function that way. That is the work of the enemy who seeks to accuse, to deceive, to tempt. But God's kingdom is a kingdom of freedom. 
G, uh, Galatians 5.1 tells us it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And so what we're talking about in terms of giving up the right of privacy is walking in freedom. Because here's the reality, guys. Some of the things that we do in private, we do it because we think it's so it frees us. But as Dawn said, what seems to free us in this world more often than not creates bondage for us. And what appears to be creating bondage by bringing it to the light actually is not. It's creating freedom for you. And so we just encourage you in that. For nothing is hidden except to be revealed nor has anything been secret, but that it should come to light. So in covenant marriage, we give up three rights. We give up the right to privacy, we give up the right to ownership, and we give up the right to priority. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about three responsibilities that we pick up. Awesome. This is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Tune back in for episode 26.